part of it is just figuring out what does success really look like and mean for you? We're sold this view that success means your job title and your salary. And it's like, if that were the case, then why are there so many very successful people that are really unhappy? Hey guys, welcome back to Mostly Balanced with Mia and Carly. Hi guys, happy Valentine's Day. And we have another episode. It's apparently career month over here at Mostly Balanced. We have a great episode today with a career coach, Jenna Greco. This one really hit home for me because it's all about how to know if you're ready to switch careers, why you shouldn't feel like it's too late to switch careers when you feel stuck in your career and lots of good tangible advice to figure out what you want to do next if you're not sure. Yeah. I love this. We talk about it all the time. I feel like this concept comes up in so many of our episodes. I loved when she said your brain is not fully formed until you're 25. And I always thought you should not have to pick your career path when you're so young. Like I applied to half my colleges for nursing and half for marketing. So I had no idea what I wanted, but this conversation at least opens up the door that you can make career changes at any point. I feel like There was even a problem in what I just said in that you think you have to stay in the path you choose when you're 18. So it was a really great combo. It reminded me of our conversation with Tanisha, the episode that we had a few weeks ago, because she said the same thing about how your brains aren't fully formed until you're 25. And I was laughing when I was editing the podcast, like, wow, I guess this like fact, I feel like I'm like meant to hear this fact because it's like following me around now. So I want to make sure that like now we're drilling it into everyone else's head that like, there's no need to find the person you're going to marry to find the career that you're going to stay in for the rest of your life. You're not the same person in your late 20s as you are when you start Mm -hmm. your 20s. If you do, that's great. But I think you compare yourself so much to those people that have like found their partner and found their career path and it just keeps growing with them. And if you don't relate to that, it could be really challenging. So we talk about comparison. It was a really good episode. I loved it. Yeah. We always like to chat about some things we're trying. I have two things I'm talking about today. One is a product and one is a movie. So one is Olipop. I randomly got them from my Instacart order and now I'm obsessed. I have, I think I need to have like a fun drink or like something sweet every night. And if it's not going to be a cocktail or wine, I've been loving Olipop. So Olipop's amazing. It's basically, it tastes so much like soda. It's a prebiotic soda. It supports your digestive health. There's no artificial sweeteners. I think each one has less than five grams of sugar. They have such just amazing ingredients. There's 32% of your daily fiber in one one can of Olipop and it tastes so good. Dan even likes it. Dan's like a chronic soda drinker. So he's been really enjoying my Olipop and they have great flavors like vintage cola, which he likes. Classic root beer is one of my favorites and the strawberry vanilla is one of my favorites and they have so many others. It's just such a good drink. I've been loving them and the packaging's adorable. I got a whole Amazon package of like 30 of them. My fridge is stocked. Yeah. Oh my gosh. So I have so many thoughts. I can't believe that Dan likes it. I mean, I can, because I love it and it's amazing, but I feel like Dan likes soda. So it's, it definitely speaks to how good it is that Dan actually likes it. Yeah. It kind of makes me mad because Dan will like have a regular soda and then also have one of my Olipops. I'm like, this is a waste. (laughs) You're wasting my drinks. Just have your regular soda. Yeah. You're not even supplementing. You're just adding. (laughs) Did you get any of the ginger lemon? Because that one's my favorite. It's so good. And the classic root beer. I love that one too. I need to try the ginger lemon. I saw Dan pick that one and I'm like, that's weird. This feels like a soda he wouldn't choose, but then he thought it was going to taste like ginger ale, Mm. which it like doesn't. It's more of like a true gingery lemon. Yeah. When you posted that you had ordered all of them, my sister texted me and she's like, oh my God, Olipop sent mostly balanced soda, but you just got a great order on Amazon. Yeah. Olipop. If you want to send us free soda, we are more than willing to sample and share and love it even more. I've only had those two flavors. So I need that whole pack. Highly recommend also though. What I wanted to talk about this week is I finally ordered a gua sha tool because I had gotten one and then it fell on my tile floor and broke. And honestly, like even when I had one, I wasn't really using it that often, but then I started seeing so many people using them and seeing tutorials and I wanted to, and then I got sad that mine was broken. So I did a lot of research to find one that had a lot of good reviews and that was a really good quality. And kind of what sparked it also was that... 
when I've been going to acupuncture, I've been doing the gua sha at the end of it. I used to always do cupping, but I've been doing gua sha like on my back and I've loved it. So I found this company wildling. What I loved about them is that they have a gua sha tool that you can use on your body. And then they have the ones for your face. So the one for your body is like a little bit heavier and bigger. And the one for your face is supposed to obviously be a little lighter. And they're made of quartz. Some of them that you'll see are made of jade. Some are a rose quartz, kind of like a jade roller type thing is what the gua sha tools are usually made of. So I really wanted to get one that I could use my body and one that I could use on my face. So I ended up going a little crazy at Wildling and ordering a lot of stuff. So I ordered the face gua sha, the body gua sha, and then I ordered this set that they had for facial cupping, which I've always been really, really curious about. And now I've been using them. They recommend using it at least three times a week and up to once per day. So I've been doing the cupping like every other day, but I've been using the gua sha every night and on my body every day after I get out of the shower. And I love it. So basically what it's meant for is to really like reduce puffiness and fine lines and also just sculpt your face. So like your cheekbones and around your jawline and under your eyes and everything like that. The gua sha and the cupping have pretty similar results. They're just different types of tools. And the cupping set came with like this oil that you put on your face and then you use a cupping tool and go like all along your jawline and under your cheekbone and under your eyes and then like across your forehead. And I've honestly noticed a huge difference. And I even noticed a difference right after I use the gua sha, I'll do like one side of my face and not the other. And I can tell that the side that I did is a lot less puffy. Sometimes I feel like I had watched people do tutorials and I'm like, I don't see a difference at all, but I can actually tell. And I really just, I like it as part of like a routine too, like an end of the day in the morning, I always use my ice roller, but at night I like having like that nighttime routine of using the gua sha. Definitely recommend if you are looking for something in the self-care realm, they're actually having a sale right now on a few of the different things on their website for Valentine's day. If you're listening today and you want to try it, they're having 25% off some of their tools, but we also got a code for 10% off your whole order, no matter what you order. And the code is just balanced 10 and we'll put a link in the show notes and yeah, definitely let us know if you try it. I'm very new to the facial cupping, but really, really enjoying it. It's such a topical and great recommendation. I too have started using a gua sha, which I've had for months and just randomly decided to pick up and start using. And I also noticed a difference and it's such a good little thing to add into a nightly routine. Yes. I love it. I've never done facial cupping. So that's something I need to look into. Yeah. It's really cool. Wait. So what was the movie you were going to recommend? Yes. So Ever since like 2015, I oh, I have a Google sheet where I try to watch every Oscar nominated movie. I think I talked about this last year, but it's so nice that a lot of them are uh, available to be streamed now. So last night we watched Being the Ricardos on Amazon Prime. So it is all about Lucille Ball and she's played by Nicole Kidman. It was really great acting and the story was really compelling. I, I didn't watch, I love Lucy. I've obviously seen clips and everything, but Lucy comes across as kind of this like ditzy butt of the joke, like always causing trouble. And this movie really shines a light on who Lucille Ball really is. And it's set around her being accused of being a communist, which then turned basically America against her. And also so many tabloids about her husband having affairs and does Desi really love Lucy? So it was interesting. Like this is the time where media was, I feel like the one media story was kind of consumed by everyone. It wasn't as fragmented as it is now where you could just get everything on social media. So the story was really sweeping the nation and affecting the ratings. So you then see like how... How Lucy really was the brains and a lot of, she ran the show. She had such creative license and she was a very strong and smart woman, which I don't think is really seen in I Love Lucy. It was just such an interesting story to see the parallel of her life and everything that was going on and these real struggles she was having with her own image and her marriage in the media and the press. And then how she was then showing up to work every day and trying to keep everything afloat. It was such a good story and makes me want to even like read more about Lucille Ball and I Love Lucy. It was funny, but more of a serious story about their lives. I really loved it and I recommend it. Yeah, I love that you can stream these so many of these Oscar nominated movies now. I definitely want to check it out. I miss the movies though, but it's a great alternative. 
That's very true. Everyone I like really miss going to the movies. <laughs> Me too. Well, should we close it out by answering some of our Esther Perel questions? Yes. I love this segment. Hopefully we get good cards today. Okay. Your three questions for today are, I'm feeling proud of, I'll never forget about the day and between hosting or being hosted, I prefer. Hmm. And you said hosting. I was thinking about like hosting the podcast, <laughs> but you're talking about a party. I think that I prefer could be a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I prefer being hosted because then I can come and go whenever I want, but I like to always like to bring something for sure. Like I love cooking for parties and putting fun things together and decorating and all that stuff. I love to help plan and prep, but definitely need to be able to leave when I want to leave. And I don't like when there's just like people still hanging around. Yes. That's such a good answer. Hosting, you're left with a mess too. That's true. For (laughs) sure. Okay. My questions are, I'm particularly stubborn about, I'm the most stressed out about, and a decision I've been avoiding. These are negative. What have you been avoiding? Anything wedding related? I have been avoiding a lot of wedding related decisions. <laughs> we always say I should do more talking about the wedding planning, but I made such big decisions, like the quick things that I just like photographer, a videographer, even the venue, like my wedding dress was pretty quick. Like I just went with gut instinct, but now when it comes to like making the decisions of like my invitations and I'm doing like the decor and the things that are going to make it like actually real, I've been dragging my feet on. I haven't like even the hotel. But part of this, honestly, is because no one's been getting back to me. So now I am kind of experiencing some of the wedding planning stress of uh, hotels and people just not responding. So I'm sending emails into the abyss and no one's getting back to me. That's really frustrating. I think these are decisions I really want to be making, but now I'm just dragging my feet because it's so annoying and I don't have the time. This is starting to, it is like adding another thing to my to-do list outside of like work and the podcast. Like, what am I going to think about wedding planning and send all these emails and make these decisions? That's so annoying that people just like aren't answering. Yeah, I know. From the hotels. (laughs) It's very frustrating. I also forgot that you're having a videographer and that is so fun. Oh my gosh. How does it work? Like, when do you actually get the video? I have to look back at my contract. I think you get it's so annoying. I think you get all these things, the photographer and the videographer. I think you wait weeks. I feel like I went to a wedding once where they like played part of it, like at the end of the wedding. Yeah. Like she put together like a few clips and then at the end of the wedding, we like already watched some of it. That's fun. I think I might get like a fifth. It's funny. They call it a like 15 second Instagram edit. (laughs) And I think I'll get that pretty quick. (laughs) Instagram edit. That's amazing. Well, we are going to be doing a giveaway this week because we have 10,000 of you in our Instagram community now. And we are so excited about it. And we want to celebrate by giving away some of our favorite stuff to a lucky winner. So Definitely head over to our Instagram, give us a follow, look out for the giveaway that we're posting this week. And all you'll need to do is rate and review the podcast and enter on Instagram. And we're going to be giving away a lot of fun stuff. Thank you so much for listening and joining us here. We love having you and hearing from you. We're just so grateful for you. Thanks for listening. Welcome back. We're very much looking forward to our conversation with our guest today. She is a certified career coach here to help you create a career and life that feels exciting, fulfilling, and purposeful. So welcome to Mostly Balanced, Jenna Greco. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Hi, thanks for coming on. We always like to start just by having our guests introduce themselves. So can you tell everybody where you're from, where you live now, and just a little bit more about what you do? Sure. So Jenna Greco, I am a career coach and I help women and some men that are feeling stuck in their career, not sure what they want to do next, miserable going to work every day, help them figure out what do they want to do, get out of their own way and take action towards creating a career and a life that they love. So I'm from New York and just last year I made the move and fulfilled my dream of living somewhere warmer and by the beach. So now I'm in St. Pete, Florida. That's awesome. That That is a dream. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So it's been great. No regrets moving down here. That's amazing. I'm definitely craving the warmer weather right now. 
But I love what you're doing. We just said the conversation that you hold of, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? Am I stuck? Should I make a career change? We talk about that all the time, but have never had someone on to speak exactly to that point. So, so excited to dive in. Yes. Curious though, you just qualified a lot of your clients are women. Do you feel that women have this feeling more than men? Or is that just how your clientele has shaped? Yeah, so I think... I think women do tend to have some different things like women and men are different, right? So there's some different things I think women think about or feel that men maybe don't relate to, but I think a lot of it is just my own journey that I've been through. So like most coaches, my coaching is really inspired by my career in corporate and in the consulting world for 10 plus years. And I just find that a lot of women resonated with my journey connected with me on that level. So as I started coaching, I really focused on women. I was getting men reaching out to me. And so I have male clients that I work with, but I really just go by like the vibe. Like if we connect and we feel like it's a match, then I love to help everyone because I don't want anyone to wake up dreading going to work. I want everyone to love what they do and be excited about it. So I'm here for everyone. Women are better at asking for help. So maybe that's why. (laughs) I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) (laughs) But can you tell us a little bit more about your journey going from a corporate job to what you do now? Yeah, absolutely. So I say, you know, I spent most of my life as an overachiever, right? I was like, okay, I'm going to get really good grades. I'm going to go to a good school. I'm going to get a good internship. I'm going to get a good full-time job, get promoted keep getting promoted, right? Like that was the the life that I was like, if I do all of these things, I'll be happy. I'll feel fulfilled. I'll be successful. And so in my late twenties, I had made the transition from the corporate world to the consulting world and was working in management consulting, which is a grind as I'm sure you guys might know. And I just really had this moment where I was like, so burnt out, so stressed, so anxious and really questioning. I did all of these things that I thought I was supposed to do. I thought this would bring me fulfillment and I'm not feeling that way. And the problem was I didn't know what I wanted to do next. So on the outside, I felt like I had this great career, but on the inside, I felt super stuck in it. Didn't know what was next. Didn't know how to figure out what I wanted to do and really just let my fears, let my own self-doubt really keep me stuck in that role for the next few years. So I really started coaching because, you know, it eventually impacted my mental health, my emotional health, my physical health and realized like I can't do this anymore. I need to choose myself, I need to put myself first. And so I quit without a without a plan. And never something that I thought I would do. And if my younger self heard that I did that, I think she would have judged me hardcore for it. But at the time it was the right move for me and took some time out to like reflect on what I really wanted for myself and fully intended to go back into the corporate world and just realized there's so many other people out there that are feeling stuck that don't know what they want to do next. Don't feel like they have the right people to talk to about it. Don't want to bring that into their relationships. I want to create an outlet, create a container for them to be able to help guide them through the process. And so that's what I've been doing for the past few years. That's amazing. You just said so many things I want to unpack there. I threw threw a lot at you there. (laughs) (laughs) No, one is the very common, but very jarring feeling of having this list of things or expectations for your life you want to achieve, like getting the internship, getting the job, getting promoted. You're on this path you expected to want. And then when you get all of it, realizing you're not quite fulfilled. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people feel that way. Maybe they feel ashamed to even admit it or feel ungrateful to admit it. But can you talk to us a little more about that and maybe help us normalize that that feeling does tend to creep up on us? Even if we have this list of all these amazing accomplishments we set out to achieve, how do you even approach that self-reflection to combat that or figure out where to go next? Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot there. So I think as a society, we're very like achievement oriented. Right. And so like a lot of us look for our sense of self-worth, our sense of accomplishment from our outward achievements. And so it's always like, okay, when I get this next promotion, I'll be happy. When I make this much money, I'll be happy. Right. And it's always like the next thing, like the temporary high that we get. And then it's like on to the next thing. Part of it is just figuring out what does success really look like and mean for you? We're sold this view that 
success means your job title and your salary. And it's like, if that were the case, then why are there so many very successful people that are really unhappy, right? So when you take a step back and really say like, what does that mean for me? What would make me feel successful? How can I start to appreciate myself not for my accomplishments, more for showing up and enjoying this journey that I'm on. So there's like a lot of mindset shifts in there to help you be more present and also realize what does this look like for me? Not what does it need to look like for the outside world to think that I'm doing all the things that I'm supposed to do. I feel like that's such a hard shift to make because you always come at it with the lens of what the outside world thinks, whether it's like what your friends, your family, I don't know, social media, everybody mm-hmm. out there, what they're going to think about this decision that you make that like really should be more focused on you and what you want and how you want your life to look. But something you said earlier was about just not knowing at all, like knowing you weren't happy in your career, but not knowing what you want it to do. So do you have certain exercises or questions or things you ask your clients to help them figure out what they want to do if they just feel lost? Yeah. So I have a whole module in terms of how I work with my clients devoted to getting clear on what you want in your career. So it's like getting all the puzzle pieces down on the table. So a mix of worksheets, assessments, things that we'll do to help draw those out of them. So like the foundation of it is really like getting clear on what are your values, both in life and at work, like what's important to you, because those are really like your guiding stars. If you, if you're in a job, that's not in alignment with your values it's always going to feel off and there's always going to be a rub for you. So I like to really start with that because that sets the stage. Understanding what your strengths are, your skills, what comes naturally to you and you're just good at and enjoy doing. Understanding like what your interests are, what do you enjoy doing or talking about or all those things. Looking at like, what have you done in the past for jobs? What did you like about that? What did you not like about that? Right. So it's like every experience gives us something. So it's really just kind of mining through and understanding, you know, where have you been? What did you like about that? What did you not like about that? And then how do we start to bring all those different pieces together and identify what are the different job options that come out of that for someone? I love that. Those are such helpful, helpful steps to take. I have a question actually yes. for you because yeah. I feel like people, a lot of people think your work's your work mm-hmm. to how you provide for your family or for yourself yeah. and how you make money and you don't have to, it doesn't have to make you happy every minute of the day. I think a lot of that, the generations above us, that was yeah. their mentality. I would complain to my parents that I hate my job. I hate my job. Yeah. And they're like, it's just work. So there's so much like training, retraining our mind of all of these things we've been told. So I love what you said that you, you, it's really possible for you to identify what your values are and identify what makes you happy. And you can turn that into a career, but how do you then help people connect the dots there? And once they have that list of what makes them happy and what they're naturally good at, what's the next step of turning that into a career change or somewhere to go next? Yeah. So there's like two important components to it. There's like the interaction and then there's the outer action. So you just touched on like a really important piece, right? Around like societal programming and what our parents think and what's been programmed into us from a young age. So for you know a lot of my clients, they're later 20s, 30s, 40s, even into their 50s. You have years and years of thinking like, I can't do a job that I love. I can't make money doing something that I enjoy. So it's one, really getting clear on what are the beliefs that you have that are keeping you from moving into a career that is more aligned with what you want. So we do a lot of work on what are your limiting beliefs? What's the story that you're telling yourself? What are the fears that are coming up for you? And then rewiring and working through that to help them get out of their own way. And then the outer action piece of that is starting to actually go out and research like, okay, like I'm thinking that. I want, I had a client, she wanted to be an event planner. That was like one of the big things that came out of the work that we did together. And so as she started to go out and research and have conversations with people that were in that role, she's like, Oh, actually, like, I don't think this is a fit for what's important to me and what's what I want my life to look like. Right. So it's like, by having those conversations, going out, having informational interviews, you learn more about the type of role you learn more about if it's something that would be a fit for you. And also then helps you make connections. Like if it is something you want to explore, that's how a lot of jobs happen, right? So I focus my clients more on networking themselves into jobs, having conversations to tap into that, the untapped market, so to speak. You know, once you know 
an idea of, you know, what are the types of jobs? It's really about like, okay, let's start the networking process and then actually start positioning you to start interviewing, applying for those jobs. How does that networking process work? Is it like LinkedIn? How are people setting up these informational meetings? So there's like a few different hubs that it can start with, right? So like LinkedIn is a great, a great place to start. So I'll say like, if you want to be a product manager, let's just say like that's coming out, going on LinkedIn, if there are target companies that you're interested in, right? Or there's, you know, that that type of role going and looking for people that are in those types of roles or work at that company and starting to reach out to those people, set up informational interviews. That's a great way to start making connections with people that you're not already connected to. Then tapping into your existing network, both of colleagues that you have in the past, friends, family, and communicating like, hey, I've gone through this process. These are the types of things that I'm really interested in, want to learn about and explore more. Do you know anyone that you could connect me with that you think would be good for me to talk to? So it's about nurturing your existing network, building and expanding your network. And you know, I have clients that are like, well, I don't feel like I've done a good job keeping and maintaining a network. And it's like, you can always start over, right? It's Mm -hmm. like, you can always go out and make more contacts. Yeah. And I feel like people are always open to having those conversations when you're on the opposite end of it. Like you're not going to say no to helping somebody learn about a career. Yeah. 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 I think almost every one of my job opportunities has come from a network or knowing Mm -hmm. someone or having a foot in the door, just someone else connecting me to someone. Someone always knows someone and they're always willing to help. Totally. And that's the way 80% of jobs are filled is through networking. Everyone's like, oh, I'm looking for a job. I'm going to update my resume. I'm going to, you know, search for jobs on LinkedIn. Like that's the standard thing. Even if they don't know what they want to do, it's like, oh, I'm just going to scroll and see what comes up. But I always say like, save your energy, put your effort somewhere that's actually going to help you figure out like, what will make me feel fulfilled? What will make me excited to go to work every day? And then start having conversations. Don't spend your time like blindly applying and sending your your application out there. What about the fear of you're just going to have to start at the bottom if you switch to a new career? Does that come up a lot with your clients? And also, do you feel, do you find that that actually is the case? Like are people always quote starting over when they're starting a new career? It's definitely a fear that clients have. And I, I have yet to see it be proven. So I always say like, you're not starting over, you're starting from experience, right? Because you have been in your role for 10 plus years or role or roles, right? You've done multiple jobs, you have different skills. So it's really about like finding, like when we're going through and we're you know doing that inventory of what they want in their career, it's identifying like, what are your transferable skills? What are the things mm-hmm. that you can pull out? So, you know, some of my clients are just moving. They, they realize like, I just want to do what I'm doing, but I want to do it in a culture and in a place and maybe a different industry or something. Right. So it's like, they're making a move. It's a little bit of an easier move. Some of my clients are making a move that is into something else. So it's focusing more on those transferable skills. And again, that comes back to your mindset and really building your own confidence, building your own sense of worth up. Right. And when you are confident, that is what shows up in interviews. For sure. I totally agree. It's all about the packaging. If you want to make a complete pivot, there's, you can take anything you've done and just change the story and anything is transferable. And I agree. I'm so happy you asked that Carly, everyone I've talked to who does want to make a change is like, I'll start all over. I, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. And then you said it's all about your confidence too. So I imagine that is a huge part of someone finally jumping off the cliff, quitting their job, getting out there. Yeah. I know your story of leaving the corporate world was very unique, but do you have any guidelines or guardrails you give to clients? Like you should save X amount. You should have a job lead. You should have your resume ready like before you quit. Yeah. So I think it's, it's unique to every person, right? Because people's expenses are going to be different and what they're willing to do. So I actually have two clients that They decided to do the same thing. And then they both just started jobs coincidentally on the same day a few weeks ago. So, you know, I I realized like I'm very privileged that I could do that and that I had the resources to support me in making that change. Like that's not an option for everyone, but for my clients, like sometimes, you know, they're going through, we're going through the process and they're just so burnt out, so stressed that they don't trust themselves almost to make the next decision because they're, they feel so clouded by where they're at, that they're like, I don't even know if what I want 
is actually what I want, or I'm just so stressed out where I am that anything seems better. And what I've seen like for myself and from them is taking the time off gives you a chance to reset. It doesn't necessarily give you more clarity. I don't think because the things that were important to these two clients I'm thinking of in particularly were still the same things that were important to them when they had taken the time off and got back into the job search in your gut, you know, what's important to you and what you truly want. It's just, we have all this conditioning and programming and doubts and fears that come up that make us think that it's not possible or make us doubt ourselves. So I really think that these past few years, the narrative around leaving a job without having another job lined up has changed. And I haven't seen anyone have an issue with having a little bit of a gap on their resume. Again, it's like in the positioning of why you took that, that time off. Right. And if you can talk about it in a productive way, then that's what matters. And really getting clear on what you want is a really important thing. And so I always say like, if a company doesn't understand that, is that the type of culture that you want to be in anyway? Mm. That's so true. I've read so many different manifestation books and listened to podcasts and stuff that I feel like they're always like, you have to quit the current job and that's going to let the universe Mm. know that like you're ready for the next opportunity. And on one hand, I do agree with that. But on the other hand, I agree with you that everyone is so different. Like some people quitting their current job and having no income and having that's an added sense of stress that that's not going to help you. That's not going to be productive in terms of putting yourself out there for new opportunities. It's just going to weigh you down more. So it definitely depends. Yeah, that's a great point. It's like, you have to think about like, what's going to make you feel the best. If you feel like it's going to give you the time to reset and go back in with more focus, then that's great. But if you feel like most of my clients are coming to me at a point of just like burnout, they're just, they've been thinking about it for a while. And some of them maybe just don't have the opportunity that they can leave, right? Like they're in this job until they find a new job. So I also really spend a lot of time helping them feel as good as they can where they are and help them kind of like ground themselves and get stable where they are as much as we can so that they can feel confident in making the right decision. And they're not making the decision from a place of like total desperation, because when you're in that mode, you're also not making good decisions. Mm -hmm. Totally. So much of this career conversation and thinking about your next job and is this right for me? It just reminds me so much of the dating conversations we have on here too. And one of the dating principles is if you're a maximizer and you're always looking for the next best thing, you never feel like totally you could have the best relationship, but you're thinking this could be 10% better. Mm. Do you see that a lot in the corporate world that people are just trying to achieve this like unicorn of a job that doesn't exist and they're never happy? Yeah. You know, there's so many parallels I say between dating and, and a career, but everything. Yeah. really. (laughs) Maybe there's nothing wrong with that. Like, is there even anything wrong with the mentality of, I want to keep moving and I just want to find something that's making me happier. I feel like there's a negative, I said there that There used in a to be way. a negative mentality around only staying at a company for a year, for right. example. Like, is that still a thing, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think there's so much that's changing in the way that we work and what we want out of work with recent generations and just how the workforce is changing. So I think, you know, people are a lot more clear on wanting growth opportunities, wanting to move around and like staying at the same company for 30 years is a thing of the past, right? Like that's not something Mm -hmm. that people do anymore. I don't think there's anything wrong with like going back to your original question, looking for the next opportunity. What I always say to people and with my clients is like, what's really important to you? Like, what are your non-negotiables? What are you looking for? And then why are you looking for the next opportunity? Like, what is it that you're unhappy with? Same thing, I guess, with a relationship, right? Like if you're not happy where you are, what's making you feel unhappy? What's driving your dissatisfaction? So like before you quit and make that decision, why are you unhappy? What aren't you getting that you would want to get? And do you want to try and fix that? Or do you feel like it's not fixable or you had enough and you're ready to move on to other, other opportunities? Yeah, I've definitely gone down the rabbit hole of like, I'm not happy in my current job. So I just start applying for all these other jobs. And then you have to take a step back and you're like, but what's different about these that's going to make me happier? Like what's missing in my current job? If you don't actually know what that thing is, then you're not going to find happiness in another career. Totally. You're just, it's like the, it's like the toxic cycle. Like you're just going to end up in another job that's also not making you happy. So it's like, 
It's all about the self-reflection, right? Of like really coming back to yourself and being like, what's not working? What do I want? Where are the gaps? And how do I go out and intentionally and purposefully find what I'm looking for? These are all such good reasons for why to work with a career coach, because they're things that you, you kind of just get into the flow of doing things the way you've been doing them. You don't like your job, so you apply for a new one. But there's all of this, like you said, self-reflection that needs to be done. Otherwise, it's just a cycle that gets repeated over and over again. Totally. Yeah. I feel like so much of the value of working with a coach is just having that accountability, right? Of, okay, I need to do these worksheets, right? Because I have coaching. Otherwise, like left to our own devices, like taking that time to sit back and reflect and really create that space for yourself to figure it out is pretty hard to do on your own. And so that's one of the the things that I hear from my clients a lot. Like if I had didn't have to do this for coaching, like I wouldn't hold myself to doing it on my own. What about falling into the comparison trap? I feel it's very Mm -hmm. similar to the questions we've been talking about, but I think that is another major thing that I've come up against and is huge in this process of deciding if you're happy and seeing what everyone else is doing. And similar to like when we look at job descriptions and we think, oh, we'll be happier here. We see what someone else is doing and think I would love to do that. I'd be so much happier if I had that job or I took this different life path. So talk to us a little bit about that and how to get out of that comparison trap. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's like the most overused saying, right? But comparison is the thief of joy, but something that we all get so stuck in. I mean, I really think what people enjoy and what makes people happy is different. So it's like coming back to understanding like what will make me feel happy, what will make me feel more joy and more fulfilled, knowing that about yourself. And then also knowing like we're seeing everyone's highlight reel, right? It's like you're looking at someone's job from the outside. You have no idea how they're feeling. And I think that's something that we get really caught up in is looking at and kind of glamorizing where someone else is without really knowing the intricacies of what that looks like and what's actually going on. And I think this is, again, maybe a great place for informational interviews or networking, right? Like if you see something that you're interested in, go and have a conversation about it, like learn more about, explore it. Like, I think that's, we can be so much more curious in our career than I think we were taught to growing up. It was like, okay, you're going to get on this path and, and do this path. And I really think going back, if I could say something to myself when I was younger, is like, you're going to learn by doing and experiencing different things, right? So it's like, as you learn and do different jobs, you're going to learn, learn more about what you like and what you don't like. And so like have conversations, be curious. Like if you are envious of someone's role, like learn about what that looks like. And if that would even be something that you want, because you might learn about it and be like, Oh, like that's actually not for me. We've talked about a few of these things, but just to kind of break it down, what are some signs that it might be time to look for a new career or some signs that you might not be happy and you're not even realizing that you're just comfortable? Yeah. Yeah. So an obvious one being like you dread going to work every day is a big one. But one I hear a lot from, from my clients, another one, like it doesn't align with your values. So this is like a big driver of dissatisfaction. So understanding one, what your values are is an important piece. But if you're feeling a misalignment there, that's a big one. Not feeling like you have the opportunity for growth, right? Like what's your path forward in the organization? And then looking at that path and is that something you want? Is that something you're excited about? Not feeling like you're learning or having the chance to try new things, expand. um, Because it doesn't always have to be like, oh, I'm getting a promotion to grow, right? Learning is another and like doing new things is another way to grow as well. And then... I would say you feel it in your gut. Like, you know, that it's just, you know, it's time, you know, you're playing small and you know, it's time to go, but you just don't know what to do. Not being excited for the next step is huge. I feel like that's so simple, but it's so true. Like maybe you see the path and you're excited because you're in line for a promotion or whatever it is. But if you think about, are you actually excited for that role or just the fact that you're moving up within your organization? Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's like that, that, that piece of like, that's going to be, the next phase of your life. So it's like, are you going to want to wake up and do all of that every day? Like take the title out of it, this, the pay bump out of it, whatever. Like, is that life going to be what you want? And that was a big one for me leaving consulting. It was like, I looked at like the next step for me and I was like, Oh, this is not the life that I want for myself. Mm -hmm. Totally. It's taking the ego out of it. Like, of course, like you both said, getting the promotion and the raise and the new titles, like going to feel great, but 
it's then like taking all that out. If it's, if nothing changed and I just had to do this new job, what does that feel like? Yeah. I feel like some of those things it's good for everyone to think about too, because even if you're not ready to jump ship, I think that is also a good indicator of, I can see if I can make these changes in my role now before Mm -hmm. just like freaking out and leaving. I think people sometimes are even afraid to ask for that. Like you were saying, do you dread going to work? If I was going into an office every day, I think I would dread it, but I could bring that conversation up and say, do I have an opportunity to be remote X amount of days? I think it's also giving people the confidence to know what they want and then ask for it or then take a complete different direction. Totally. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I don't want it to come off. Like I'm not encouraging people to like, go quit your job if you're not happy. Right. Like, I think there's a piece of like really taking the time to get clear on what isn't working. And then what are my options? How do I want to move forward? What's my path look like? And, you know, sometimes that path is I want to change, but I don't know what it, what it looks like. Yeah. Do you have advice for how to support either a friend or, or your partner if they're going through a career change? Yeah, that's a great one. So I feel like going through it myself and talking to clients, it's it's a lonely process and it can feel really isolating and like, am I the only one that's going through this? And you know, what I find from a lot of my clients is they just don't want to bring it into their relationship. They're like, I just feel like I'm complaining to my husband or my partner all the time. Or like, I don't want to bring this to brunch with my friends and feel like I'm just like dragging the vibe down and in in a bad place. So I think just being there for someone, right. And like, I know you're going through a tough time. Like if there's anything I can do to support you, anyone that I can connect you with, or if you want to talk about anything that you're exploring, I think just making the offer to be there for someone is really important. And then let them figure out how they want to come to you. Yeah, definitely been that person that was in a really bad place work-wise and just felt like I was always complaining about my job. Yeah. And it's the worst feeling. And I've dated people who hate their job and like, you don't want that negative energy around. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> we talk so much and I know you're aligned with this, that your your wellness, overall wellness mm-hmm. is made up of not only your fitness and your diet, but it's your relationships and your career Mm -hmm. and your passions. So can you talk a little bit about how your career plays into that, how it might negatively affect your relationships if you're not super happy and how even like finding work-life balance to prioritize self-care, which you talked about in the beginning of our conversation, how that all kind of is intertwined. Yeah. How to improve that balance. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll, I'll break that down into a few things. So we spend 40 hours on the low end a week working. And so it's like, you spend something like 90,000 hours minimum in your life working. So it is the largest part of your life that you're showing up to. And so it's impossible for it not to impact every other aspect of your life. That's a really intense number, by the way, when I read that on your site, it's like, I think more people should think about this, like seeing that 90,000 hours written out, like you start to really think about where do I want to be spending this time? Totally. And I'm big into like mind body connection, everything like when you're stressed, when you're anxious, when you're miserable, that impacts everything in your life. It impacts your health. It impacts your you know, romantic relationships, your friendships, your family, like how you feel about yourself, really everything it permeates because it's really hard to just like siphon that off and not have it come through. And so that's a big driver for a lot of my clients and wanting to make changes is I don't like the person that I am in this job. I don't like how I'm showing up in any area of my life really. And I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be the best version of me. And this isn't allowing me to do that or enabling me to do that. I believe that like so much of making the decision to find a different career path that's more aligned with you is like really an act of self-love. It's like believing that you're worthy of it, that you're deserving of it and that you're willing to put yourself first. And it's not just like self-care of like, let me take a bath and let me read a book or whatever. It's like really about how you talk to yourself, how you really believe in yourself and like all the things you do that really are at your, your core, like supporting yourself. Finding balance is really important because it's like, if you're all career, then you're just bringing that stress into your life and you're not really having a life in other areas. If you're constantly worried about work, and even if you're not at work, you're stressing about it and thinking about it. 
Totally. And this generation that's in the workforce now, I feel like is just unraveling all of these things that were programmed in us from the generation before us. And we're doing all of this work so that the next generation can just set out and have their career that they want to have and hopefully not have all these midlife questioning. There's just so many, we always talk about this, but there's so many more resources now that are showing people that there are so many different paths you can take. And there's just so many different things you can do. And you don't have to sit in an office from nine to five. And it's definitely going to be beneficial for the people who are coming into the workforce today to see all these different options. Totally. And I think it's so helpful. Like our brain isn't even fully formed by the time we're 25. Like we're good for going to college at 18 and like making these massive decisions about what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Like our brains aren't even formed yet. And so I think like so much of the narrative needs to change too, of like what you want and what's important to you at different parts of your life is going to be different right? Like in your twenties, you might want one thing as you get into your thirties, maybe you like start to have a family, you're prioritizing other things, what you want in your career might look a little bit different when you're, you know, in your forties and fifties, that might look different. And I think we don't normalize that what we want and like our career should be flexible and can change with us and adapt with us and grow with us because we're always growing and changing as people. Yeah. Totally. So true. The fact that we have to pick our career path when we're 18 years old is insane. Yeah, I, I was a completely, I don't even know that person anymore. So I'm so happy. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like the work you're doing, all the resources, like we said, I'm so jealous. I always say that too. Like so jealous of the younger generations or just people who maybe this was a normal conversation their whole lives. Like you don't have to be a doctor and be a doctor for the rest of your life. So, I mean, if I went to med school, I probably wouldn't want to be a doctor by the time I got out of med school. So yeah. I very much respect that. But, <laughs> um, I, it's just so important to have these conversations and just shift that negative stigma because there's, mm-hmm. like you said, you're 90,000 hours in your job and it's where you spend all your time and it permeates to everything else in your life. Like the amount of people that are sitting here, like really upset and unfulfilled. It's, it's a shame. <laughs> like this you know, Just sure. have flexibility. Do you have yeah. any examples, not to like catch you off guard with this, but of well-known people who have either found success or changed their career later in life, meaning like, I don't know, thirties, forties. Yeah. So let me think. So Vera Wang is a good one. Um, so she didn't start in the design world until I think she was in her forties. Oh my God. Yeah. I never knew that. Yeah. Ina Garden. So barefoot Contessa. Mm-hmm. Same thing. She, I think was in politics. I want to say wow. until her thirties. And then she started with a shop down in the Hamptons. And that was kind of the start of her brand. So those are, those are two big ones that I can think about. I love that. Yeah. That's so inspirational. <laughs> People think that they're 30 years old and that they are already on the path for the rest of their life and they can't change it. But it's like you've had maybe, I don't know, eight or 10 at the most years in your career and you have potentially like 30 more. It's totally not too late to make a change. Like I think of my mom, she went back to school when after I was born and she was in her 30s and became a teacher and she was she's been a teacher my whole life. Like that's what I know her as. And like it wasn't too late for her. Even my therapist, I was talking to her the other day, like talking about, I don't know, like I was having a career conversation very similar to this. And she was like, do you mind if I ask how old you are? And she said, I made a change to become a therapist, like way older than you. So Mm -hmm. like, even that shocked me. Like, I only see you on my screen once a week and you're a therapist. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I relate to that so much. Like I can remember being 30 and being like, oh, like, do I want to move to a new place? Is it too late for me? Like I've already been in this path for eight or nine years at that point. Like, is it too late for me? And I just posted something the other day, like the average age someone makes a career change is 39. Wow. And so thought pattern being like, you are a little bit more established in your career in terms of like transferable skills. Like you have more experiences that you're bringing to the table. And then you're also like a little bit more established life-wise, like maybe you have a partner or other things that you're just feeling a little bit more stable and able to make a change at that point. So I always say like, it's never too late. Like I've worked with people in their fifties that want to make a change, don't want to spend their last working years miserable and, you know, dreading going to work. And it's all about just really getting clear on what you want and then following that and trusting yourself. I keep thinking of the show Younger. 
Because it's like, it's just so funny that she, me too, but like she had to lie so that they would like take her for an interview. So hopefully the more conversations like this we're having, people will be willing to interview people who are in their thirties and forties for an entry level job. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's, um, yeah, it's important to, yeah, start to normalize some of this stuff. Right. So people don't feel so alone or like know that there's, they're not stuck. Definitely. Well, we always like to close with some rapid fire questions to learn a little bit more about you outside of what you do. Okay. So what are three things that you use every single day aside from like your phone and your computer and TV? Ooh, this is a good one. Um, so my meditation pillow, Ooh. my juicer and ooh, third one, probably uh, a book of some sort. I read every day. Those are great. Outside of your work, what is one topic you could talk for hours about? Ooh, I love all things health and wellness. So anything in that area, it's like tangential, I guess, to, to my work, but different types of workouts, recipes, just like wellness in general. I, I love all that stuff. Yeah. Is there like a trend or topic recently you've found that you're really into? Oh, I would say like, just like anything. So I'm really into feminine and masculine dynamics. I've been really into learning about more recently. Yeah. Yeah. What is a movie or a show or a book that you've been recommending a lot lately? Oh, okay. So I'm late to the game on this one. I don't watch that much TV, but I've been loving Grace and Frankie. It makes me laugh so hard and I avoided it for years. I don't know if you guys have watched it. I haven't watched it. I haven't either, but I hear it's amazing. And someone else recently said they were loving it. Yeah. So it's like two older women, like in their seventies. And so my mom watched it a few years ago and she's like, Oh, it's so funny. You should watch it. And I was like, I just don't feel like it's my, it's like my demographic. Like it's probably not my thing. And it's so light and uplifting. So it's like a great thing to watch. It just like leaves you in a good mood. Yeah. You need more of that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we always like to close with advice. I know you kind of already mm. mentioned advice. You would tell your younger self, but is there any advice that you could leave our listeners with? Yeah. Um, so I would just say you're never, never stuck where you are really just focus on what's important to you, what you feel like is the next best step for you. And you don't have to have it all figured out right now. You just have to take a step towards, towards what you want and the life that you want to create. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you so much, Jenna. Can you tell everyone listening where they can find you on Instagram or learn more about your coaching to work with you? Yeah. So my most active platform is Instagram. So you can find me there at Jenna K Greco. Thank you again. This was such a great conversation. Yeah, it was great to be here. Thanks so much. 